0: Having a plan is only one part of living into a goal. So we can have an idea and we can even have a great plan, but we probably won't follow through on it unless we've gotten clear about what makes it possible for us to keep on going. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent. The place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Why, hello, it's yours truly, Carly Fane, and this is episode seven of the Messy and Magnificent Podcast. If you ever feel like you wish you were better at following through on goals, or you're good at having a dream or an idea or setting an intention, and then you find it is just so flipping difficult to get to the finish line, oh my goodness, today's podcast is for you. This is one of the most requested episodes yet and I can totally relate to this feeling. Once upon a time, my lack of follow through was really messing up my game professionally. I always had great ideas. I'd get really pumped up about them and then in like, I don't know, a week or two, I'd either get really busy with my day-to-day life and I'd have other responsibilities and it would fall by the wayside or I'd have another great idea and I'd be off to the races with that <laughs> for another short burst before Repeating the cycle again. And frankly, it was exhausting. I'm going up and down. I'm doing plenty of work, but I wasn't feeling like I was getting where I wanted to go. So here's the thing. What was interesting for me was that I did have follow through in some areas. I had finished high school. I'd played some sports. I went on to college. I graduated. I've done lots of professional trainings, lots of certificates, et cetera. So I was really kind of perplexed because I'm thinking, why is it that I can follow through sometimes, but in other areas, oftentimes the areas that are particularly important to me, I find it was a struggle. So I want to give some gratitude for Brenda. Brenda's a woman on my email list. And when I asked everybody on my email list recently what topic they wanted to hear me speak to next, she said follow-through with an exclamation point. (laughs) She is not alone. This thread of conversation about follow-through comes up for me a lot in my coaching practice with clients one-on-one, especially people who actually have a lot of things already working well in their life, which is really interesting. Lots of things they have followed through on, but they're still finding it a little bit sticky or tricky. Also, hey, if you aren't on my email list, go sign up at carlyfane.com so we can be in touch. I don't send spam ever. I actually read and respond to the emails that people send my way, and it lets me know what kind of shows you wanna hear. So thank you to Brenda and for everybody who's been asking for this episode. So here was my turn shed moment around follow-through. I was getting really weary of always having to be on call literally 25-7. I say 25-7, because even though there's only 24 hours in a day, I felt like I was working more than that for my clients. And I knew I wanted to restructure my business, but I wasn't sure where to begin. And I had signed up to be on Karen woodstick razells email list. She is a wonderful teacher for folks who run their own coaching type practice. And I was getting these emails from her and her husband, Drew Razell, because together they run this program called the Book in 90 Days program. And I had made a commitment that I was going to figure out how to do follow through. And so every time I saw their email pop up in my inbox about learning how to write a book for my business, I would delete it almost immediately. Forgive me, Karen and Drew, because I kept thinking, I don't have time to be writing a book. I'm trying to figure out how to do follow through. And this went on for a few weeks as they had opened the doors to their to their program until they had one subject line that said, want to learn how to follow through? And boom, I was hooked because it occurred to me in that moment, if I could figure out how to follow through just for 90 days on writing a book, I could take what I learned from that process and apply it to other areas of my business. And so suddenly I realized the signs had been in front of me all the time. Somebody was here trying to teach me follow through and I was just too dense to pick up on it. I was too busy thinking it needed to come in a different package. So thank goodness for Karen and Drew. I swear I'm in no way endorsed by them. This is not an ad, (laughs) but I will put up a link to their book in 90 days program because it was incredibly helpful. But what I learned through that process is exactly what I'm going to share with you today. This is not something that Karen and Drew taught me directly, but this was what I learned. I learned that having a plan is only one part of living into a goal. So we can have an idea and we can even have a great plan, but we probably won't follow through on it unless we've gotten clear about what makes it possible for us to keep on going, right? What will actually make that goal possible? I'm going to give you a hint. It involves nourishment, not punishment. (laughs) So today we're going to go over the five-step process that I use and all of my clients use to create goals that do three main things. They take you where you really want to go, not just where everybody else is telling you should go. These are the kind of goals that you really actually are excited to live into. So they're energizing and they nourish you along the way. And then you actually follow through and reach your destination. So we're talking about how to pick the goal that's right for you, how to make sure you're nourished and energized along the way, and then making sure you reach your destination. So if that speaks to you, you are in the right room. And before we jump in to today's teaching topic, I want to give a quick shout out to Donna, who left a review on iTunes. Donna Vella said this, Carly's voice, enthusiasm and authenticity, passion and storytelling is so good, comforting and realistic. It's infused like the most delicious cup of tea you've ever had with positive psychology. And this podcast inspires me to seize the day looking for the magnificent moments and learning from the messy ones. I am so grateful. Donna, I am so grateful. I am so grateful for this heartwarming review. Here's the part that really stands out to me. You are mentioning the and, the ability to live into magnificence and learning from the messy ones along the way. And when you say it inspires you to seize the day, that is exactly what we're talking about on this episode. Here's the thing about people who follow through on goals. They don't just think about it. They don't just talk about it. They actually take action. So thank you, Donna, and everybody who is taking action and writing a review on iTunes or wherever you listen in. It lets me know what's landing and what I can provide more of and continue to be of service. So keep them coming. Now, let's dive in. When we're going to be talking in a moment about creating self-sourced goals, I want to give a little vocabulary review here just to make sure we're all on the same page. When I say a self-sourced goal, what I mean is that the goal is coming from within you. In other words, it's not based on what other people think you should be doing or what all the experts in your field are saying you must behave like or have. For example, in the coaching field, everybody's saying, you've got to have a huge email list and you must have a holiday promotion and you've got to build a beautiful website. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. My experience in running a profitable business is that there's lots of ways of going about it. And just because something makes logical sense on paper does not mean it is the right step for you. For example, it makes lots of logical sense that I would do five speaking events a month because that would get me in front of more people that I could re- reach and be of service to. But that sounds like it would suck the life out of me in like three weeks, right? So on paper, that makes sense. But that's not a self-sourced goal, right? From within me, I have a different sense of what would be a match. So I want to respect you enough and I want you to trust yourself enough to consider that you actually have a pretty clear sense of what is the most helpful for you to focus on right now. And I'm here to help clarify that with you and help you make sure that it's exactly what would serve you if you're feeling unsure or if you have a few ideas. But it's really important that the impetus for the goal that we're about to set here together for you comes from you That's how you start to recognize your own self-efficacy. Self-efficacy means your own ability to provide for yourself, or is my favorite way to put it. It's you seeing yourself have your own back. It has been proven that the only way to build confidence, it's not through written affirmations. It's not even through people telling you nice things. The only way confidence has been proven to be built is by you seeing yourself do the thing you wish you were doing. In other words, the come full circle, it's not just talking about it, it's actually doing it. So I love a good visual. I'm definitely a visual thinker. So the steps we're about to go on, they kind of follow this travel metaphor that I put together, like a good road trip. So we're going to go on this road trip together where we develop your goal and then we actually reach the destination so that each step is kind of part of a journey that you're familiar with, just like a good cross-country drive. The one thing that we're going to focus on is what you want to accomplish between now and And a definitive period of time. So that might be the end of the month if you're just beginning. It might be even just the end of the week. Or if you've had a little practice with goal setting, you might set a goal for as long as 60 or 90 days or a year. But I recommend that you don't make it longer than that in the beginning. We want to get some good practice under our belt with follow through in these doable chunks. And then we expand later going on. So in addition to having this kind of travel metaphor that I'm about to guide you through, there is a beautiful step-by-step master sheet for you to be filling out as you're listening to this podcast. So go on over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast. Look for this episode, episode number seven, and download the master sheet totally for free as all the master sheets on my website are. And you're gonna begin to actually fill this out as you go. So it's a okay if you're driving right now or you're on the subway to just listen in, but make sure when you can, you download the sheet and you start to fill it in with the customized answers that are unique to you. I want you to have a plan that doesn't look like anybody else's plan because it's specific to your self-sourced goals and then what will allow you to live into that goal moving forward. So here's the first step for follow through on your goals. Step number one is deciding on your destination. Here's the interesting thing about picking a destination. When I say destination, I mean your end goal, right? Your why, the end of your game here. Most of our life is the journey. And there's that whole cliche, you know, that like, like the journey, right? You've got to love the journey because most of life is the journey. We have these milestones that we might hit. So maybe you graduated high school too, or maybe you celebrated the one year birthday of your first child, or there's something else that you've had a milestone around. And that's really exciting. But that milestone moment is like a day long. right? Or maybe if you published a book, it's like a couple weeks or a couple months long, and then it's over, right? Because we're already on to planning the next thing. The thing about being a driven woman is that most driven women, they actually begin to move the destination as they go. Meaning... If you had a goal to bring in five new clients this month, once you get to four, I bet you've already repositioned the goal to be eight new clients this month, right? So there's like this moving target thing in terms of your goal or your destination, and we don't want that either. So we want to be specific in what the goal is, but we also want to remember that most of our life is the journey. And so we're going to set the goal together now, but then we're going to go deep into the journey because the journey is what makes the difference for us. So here's how we set the goal. I want you to consider something that Gary Keller in his book, The One Thing, brought forward. He said, what is the one thing that if I focused on it would make everything else either easier or not necessary for me to do at all? What is the one thing that if you went a little deeper into it would make everything else in your life either easier or not necessary at all? Let me give you an example of what that could look like. When I asked a client who was a college professor this question a couple years ago, she said, you know what? My house is such a mess right now. I have been so busy. Things have become so disorganized. And every time I need something like a stapler, I spend all this time looking around for it. And half the time I end up just going out and buying another one, which wastes even more time. And I know there's like four staplers in my house right now. She said the one thing that if I focused on it for the next 30 days, that would make the biggest difference in my life would be to start organizing my house just 30 minutes a day, room by room. That was her one thing. Now that's just one example. Another example of the one thing might be if I just had quality time with my kids where we just played and enjoyed each other's company on a regular basis once a week, that would give me such a feeling of tending to my family that I would no longer feel pulled in multiple directions and I'd be able to be really present at work, right? So maybe you schedule 30 minutes in with your kids. I want you to focus for a moment What is the one thing that would make everything else either easier or unnecessary altogether? And here is where you've really got to trust yourself because the answer might not be what you expected. I'm gonna give you one more example. A client of mine is an artist and she's recently graduated with her master's in art around the same time that her kids have all left the house. Her youngest is now off to college and this is the first time in her life where she's gonna get to really focus on her business. And so when she hired me, her first thought is, well, I need a marketing plan and I need to figure out you know, how to reach my ideal audience and she had all these professional steps. But when we sat down and considered, okay, what's the one thing? Her answer was, I feel most alive when I'm in my studio creating art. And I keep putting that off because I think I need to be doing other business related things. But if I spent 30 minutes in my studio, which is in her garage right now, she just set up a little space in her garage, while my family's here for the holidays, I would feel so much more grounded and centered that I know everything else would be easier. So her one thing was unexpected. It was not what she anticipated. She's reported back to me now, it's been about a month into doing this, and how much more clear and confident she's feeling during the day and how much easier it is for her to begin making boundaries. This is really exciting. So step number one, you decide on your destination. It is your one thing. Now, step number two is the game changer. Step number two is where you check your engine, right? So we're on this road trip metaphor. When I say engine, it's you. You are the engine. You are the vehicle that is transporting this dream or goal into reality. It's kind of wild when you think about it. Because right now, this idea you have, this intention that you'd like to set, it doesn't exist. It's a figment of our imagination. It's swirling around in that beautiful mind or heart of yours. And you are the channel through which it will become real in the world. It is going from the intangible to the real. And frankly, that's pretty amazing that we could think that in a few weeks you have pulled something from the ethers into our real world. That to me reminds me of like some alchemy right there. So we want to check in with your engine. We want to check in with whether or not this feels like a start to you. When I say start, I mean, if you turn the key on this idea, does your engine spark to life? This is how we do that. This idea that you have from step one, does it feel energizing to focus on? And I want you to pause and physically feel in your body. When I think about this one thing, does it give me life? Does it energize me or does it drain me? I want you to pay attention. If it feels energizing, whether it feels logical or not, you're number one, that's your move. If it's a good idea, but when you actually consider it, it feels exhausting or draining or like tightness in your body, this is not your one thing for now. So to circle back to my first example, if it's logical for me to do five speaking events a month, but when I think about it, I just want to crawl under the covers and hide, it is not... The move for me. It's a non-start in my engine. I am not going to be motivated to follow through on this. So you're going to check in right now. Does this feel energizing for me to focus on? If it does, move on to number three with me here. If it doesn't, go back to number one. I want you to consider a different one thing for you to focus on and then check it with your engine and make sure it's a starter. Now here's the third step in following through on goals that elevate you. We've got to add the fuel right? Just like if you and I were hopping in a car because we're going to do a cross-country ride, I don't know, from the East Coast out to Coachella to hear some good music, we of course would stop and put fuel in the engine. We wouldn't expect the car to just drive the whole way there without oil and without some good gas in the engine, right? So why in the world do we expect this of ourselves? Sometimes it is so easy for us to bank on our intellect as our only resource and forget that we have these other resources as women. And here's what I mean when I say that. When we create goals that are based purely in our logical brain, they may or may not be what's of the most service to us. It is easy for myself and for most of us to just kind of be running around as if we're just a brain with two legs and forget the rest of our life and what we actually need when we're setting goals. So here we wanna consider, what is the fuel I need to power this ride? In other words, what do I need to fulfill on this goal? This part if we don't have it, we will not follow through on our goal. And this is the part that has been missing for most of us. I know it certainly was for me. So let's take a classic goal. It's the new year and maybe you're setting a goal to exercise more or eat differently. Great. It's so easy to say, hey, I'm going to shed 20 pounds and I'm going to go to the gym four times a week and I'm going to start meal prepping and only eat like high protein and green vegetables. Right? That sounds like fine on paper, right? However, if we don't consider what we need to fulfill on that, odds are we won't. And the funny thing is, when we don't consider what we need to fulfill on it and then we fall by the wayside, we don't follow through, it is so easy for us to say, what's wrong with me for not following through? Why is it that I have fits and starts and I can't be consistent? If you're hearing any of those questions in your mind, let yourself off the hook. Because you've probably never been taught to consider the nourishment you need in order to follow through on something, right? What is the fuel I need? So for example, with my client who was going to be setting this intention of being in her studio for 30 minutes, she said this out loud in a group coaching program that I run so that other women could check in with her and see how it's going. She knew that accountability and having somebody to report back to was going to be really important right? Let's consider a different type of goal. If your goal is, hey, I want to finally clean up my my house, and you know that you're rarely motivated to clean up your house, then maybe you're going to have one of your girlfriends over and you guys are going to, you know, sip your favorite tea, put on your favorite music, and you're going to spend two hours whipping one room into shape. Maybe you need a sense of community. Maybe you need the music on. Maybe you need a sense of nourishment or accountability. You are smart enough to know. So, Knowing what your goal is and you've checked it with your engine, you've made sure it feels energizing. Now you need to consider what do I need in order to follow through on this goal? And I really like I'm taking my time with this number three step. I am not rushing it because it is the one thing that will make or break our ability to follow through on something. We don't just get to arbitrarily set goals using just our noodle, just our brain. We have to do ourselves the respect and the courtesy of considering what do I need to follow through on this? So step number four, now we consider what are the roadblocks and potholes going to be on this journey? So before you actually do anything else, you probably know one or two things that are going to get in the way of you following through on this drive across the country, right? On this road trip we're taking together here with your plan. So I want you to consider what can you already foresee getting in the way of you following through on this goal? So for example, if one of your goals was, that, was the example that a lot of people have of, hey, I want to exercise more in the new year. I'm going to go to the gym four times a week. What's going to get in the way of you doing that? If you know, you know what? I'm in the office until six o'clock every day and then I'm starving. And so I come home, I eat something. And by then it's eight o'clock and I'm too exhausted to go to the gym. Right? We know already that that's going to be your stumbling block. That's what's going to get in the way. So now is when we start to hatch a different plan. We actually patch those potholes before we get to them. So the ride is a lot smoother. So you might consider... That's not going to work. Right. That me trying to go to the gym at eight o'clock. That's just not realistic. What else could work? Do I need to take a midday class? Do I need to not expect myself to go to the gym four days a week? Do I need to expect myself to do 10 minutes of exercise three days a week in my home? Right? Do I need to instead ask somebody else to cook dinner two nights a week so that I could go to the gym or just expect that you're going to pick up something healthy? Right? What are the potholes or the roadblocks you can already foresee and what is going to be your plan to address them before you get there so that you're not surprised and you're not thrown off your ride? Right? You're not popping any tires here. What are the roadblocks and potholes I can already see that might get in the way and how will I address them? before or when I arrive. And then here is the last step. It's the rest stops. <laughs> we need good rest stops. So remember, you and I are in the car. We're going to stop to get gas. What else are we going to do at the gas station? Probably we're going to get out, stretch our legs, pee, refill our water bottle, grab a snack, that kind of thing. We cannot expect ourselves to run hard all the time. Even the car's engine will overheat if it's running for too long. We have to build in rest stops. So before we even begin to take action on the goal, we want to consider what are going to be my rest stops along the way? What are going to be my milestones? And how will I acknowledge them? So for example, if your goal is, I want to land a new job this year, what's going to be your milestones? What are going to be your pausing points along the way? Perhaps every time you send out a resume, you're going to stop and you're going to do a little dance in the middle of your living room. Or perhaps every time you've had an interview, you're going to take yourself out for a cup of tea or you're going to go for a walk around the block and you're going to consider how it went. You're going to pause and you're also going to acknowledge that you've gone a little bit further. People who reach their goals are generally really good at Noticing wins along the way. In fact, in my private group coaching program, the Reclaiming Time Studio, we call Wednesday Wednesday, win as in W-I-N-S. And every Wednesday, people post in the group their wins from that week. So we don't just save up our praise, our excitement, our enthusiasm for the end destination, because we know that those are fleeting. They're momentary. We build in regular rest stops along the way. This part requires specificity. Frankly, all the parts require specificity. But specifically here, you're going to decide right now using that handout, when am I going to pause and consider what's working and what I might adjust along the way? So weekly, do I do a check-in with myself, bi-weekly, daily? I want you to write the actual dates and time on that sheet and then in your calendar or whatever you need to do to be reminded. So for example, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., I have this little alarm that goes off on my phone and it says, get in alignment with your goals. And I have had that alarm in my phone, I don't know, five or six years now. And every Tuesday when it goes off, it's like a surprise. I forget that I schedule it. I'm always thinking it's like a text message or something. I open up my phone and it's like, oh, right. Am I behaving this week in a way that is in alignment with the goals that I've set for myself? And I personally like having it Tuesday at 4 p.m. because it's early enough in the week that if I'm getting off course, if I'm accidentally starting to do projects or activities that are not in alignment with the one thing I know I'm to be focusing on, I've got enough time to course correct. I've got enough time to say, oops, let me rearrange things a little bit or oops, let me go sit down for a second, catch my breath not get caught up in being too busy that I actually miss out on what I care about. So specificity. So quick road or quick road cap, quick recap on our kind of roadmap here together. The way we set goals that energize us, that are based on what we really care about, and then we follow through on them, looks like these five steps. Number one, you decide on your destination. It is one thing that you're going to focus on that would make everything else either easier or unnecessary altogether. Remember, I said one thing. I think it was Bill Gates who said, we overestimate How much we can get done in a week, but we underestimate how much we can get done in a year. It's so true. We always think we're going to get more done each week, but if we reflect back on how much we've accomplished in a year by just focusing on one thing at a time, it's pretty miraculous. So one, we decide on your one destination. Two, you check your engine. You make sure that this goal you have sparks you. It feels energizing before you commit to it. Then we add the fuel. Step three is you considering what you need to fulfill on this goal. What will I need to make this happen? Without step three, it's a non-start. I promise you, it's really hard, if not impossible, to follow through on a goal if you are not getting the nourishment you need along the way. And then step four, what are the roadblocks or potholes I can foresee already and how will I address them before I even get there or when they arrive? And then step five, our final step, what will be my milestones along the way? How will I acknowledge them? How will I schedule in moments to pause and reflect on what's working and what's not so that you can do a little course correction and keep on going? So here is my big question for you. Of everything we just covered today in creating goals that are self-sourced, that nourish and energize you, that you can actually follow through on, what is the one thing that I shared that you never want to forget? So let's make a little micro exercise out of this more significant exercise. If you only remembered one thing from today that would make everything else in your day a little easier or more doable, what would it be. Write that down on the master sheet, but also write it down on social media. Tag me in it. Send me a post of you listening to this episode and put a review up and tell me what your one main thing is, your takeaway from this episode. I cannot wait to hear more about what a unique self-sourced goal from the inside out looks like in your world right now. And I'm going to throw out this reminder that when setting goals or doing anything else as you elevate in your career, your health and your relationships, you woman, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. So if you want to serve the most people and keep on rising at the same time, I encourage you to keep prioritizing your goals and your self-care. And I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes and i've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else